Big age, that fuck nigga can die slow. Barely time for my main chick, how you got time for these side hoes? If she don't stay down, oh well, it's hard to find those. They tell me, look at the bigger picture, I gotta take off this blindfold. I guess I gotta remind hoes, remind them what it's hitting for. All that matters is what it's flipping for, just like reciprocals. It's good to slide on me like some socks up on the kitchen floor. Feeling crispy, but the flow is oh so original, original. Crispy, but got green just like I'm Popeyes. Slaying every track, I'm starting to feel just like the bad guy. Headaches to these niggas, yeah, I'm something like that bad high. Yo ass don't get a pass, so yeah. Better get that math right, that's J.A. Spent hot fire, he came out like I thought he was. Not ready for that hot shit, huh? Better break out your coffee mugs. If I die today, just remember who your poppy was. I said, if I die today, just remember who your poppy was. Cause ain't nobody taught me this. You can watch him copy us. Yeah, I got the juice, but they gon' feel me like it's Rocky's punch. All these niggas trash, they remind me of a sloppy lunch. Yeah. It's good to see your blood, I know you gotta hate. On a nigga, on a nigga, eating, just don't ask for a plate, nigga. Hey, you're listening to a brand new series on the Double E Podcast called Elephant in the Room. This series, we're going to uh, dwell into all aspects of um, society uh, from all points of views. And our guest today, uh, commentator, the man that will be running Elephant in the View, or Elephant in the Room, I'm sorry, the one, the only, Howard. How you doing, Howard? Hey, how you doing, Ed? Hey, man, I am doing great, man. Uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time to be on Double uh, E Podcast, reaching out to us uh, for the Elephant in the Room. I really do appreciate that, man. Uh, hey, man, uh, I appreciate you, brother. Hey, man, uh, just to get us started, kind of explain to people what the elephant in the room is um, and what we're going to be experiencing in the podcast to come. Well, the elephant in the room is specifically an extension of a program that me and a good friend of mine worked on for the last 15 years here in Columbus. Um, basically, um, Brother Kofor, um, that but um, what we have done the elephant in the room and in, in, in our program is we always introduced uh, a, a particular way to think in, in our groups because we worked in the mental health field so we've done groups dealing with anything from anger management domestic violence uh and, and so forth and so on atod which is an alcohol and drug so as counselors in, in this particular field we had access to many uh to people in the community so what we did is we put together a program that had, uh, uh, and this is really important, the African paradigm in mind, which what we did is we put our history, what we didn't know in school, into place. We were using the scholarship from academia, from esoteric world, whatever we needed in terms of filling in the gaps and the voids that weren't there as it related to our human behavior in the community. In other words, we did not know ourselves. This was the eating. We, we, we knew this. So how do we get enough information to allow us to put a blueprint together where people were able to access themselves uh, instead of dealing with the external world, which we'll talk about a little later uh, uh, in, in the podcast. But uh, as we developed the program, we started to uh, use languages that were uh, indicative of the experience of the people. In other words, we were able to pull the students into the subject matter because they were part of it, as opposed to uh, other systems where we're not a part of this particular subject matter. So the perspective became specifically through the uh, participants' eyes. So we facilitated groups in this particular centric, world-centric, not necessarily Afrocentric, world-centric was all-inclusive. So we went back, back, back again so we can see exactly who we were, who we should be, and who we are. So now time, space, comes into play. We put ourselves in time and space through these programs so people have the at least the opportunity to find themselves uh, uh, and who they are. So the, our personalities can be who they are. So then with with each and every um, oh, issue, uh, we're going to be able to go back and see what the uh, 
why we think that way and why we react to certain situations. Right, right. And in a sense, a sense when, when you start understanding your culture and the philosophy behind your culture, you know, what happens is there's particular laws that come into play. And often in, in class we go through these laws, and, 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 and many of the centrists and historians out there listening know the hermetic principles and the principles of Jehudi and, and the original philosophies that come out of Africa uh, and that spread all over the world through the African people that are the precursors for the philosophical discourse that we see in, in Western culture vis-a-vis the Greeks. In other words, African antiquity, which means ancient in a sense, goes back to the beginning of the species. And in, 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 in our program, we actually look at racism, white supremacy, and other things that most people are, are very afraid to look at because of fear. And that's why we call it the elephant in the room, which is that, that, that issue in the room. Everybody feels the pressure of it, but nobody speaks about it because that fear comes into play. So we look at problems and we analyze things, but we really don't bring into bear the proper paradigms to solve those particular problems, specifically in African-American communities or communities of color that have to adhere to another reality in everything that they do. And that reality won't come into play. That reality, meaning it, is I'm using the same blueprint looking for functionality with a dysfunctional blueprint delivered to me or simulated and inculcated me from European culture. I can't solve my problem within that paradigm. So we lose ourselves in that. And we continuously do the same thing over and over again. Isn't it not Einstein that says if you continuously look for results and you do the same thing and you look for different results, this is the definition of insanity. So in a sense, we have cultural insanity because we have not played our own cards. We played cards were given to us by someone else, and we continuously fall short if that analogy was simplified, what we're talking about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, I am used to hearing about uh, Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy. Where would one go to find uh, African philosophy? Well, when you said Eastern philosophy, and even Western philosophy, we look to the origin of these things in Africa. You know, Eastern philosophy, I Ching, or any of these great Eastern philosophies actually derive themselves from Africa because now we have the migration, as Diop says, our, our program takes us to the Jamaldi. We go back to the beginning, and now we look at the Jamaldi migration they call the African Jamaldi. How this Jamaldi came from Africa and went into Europe and at that particular time, this Jamaldi African went through a process of adaptation, mutation and the races themselves differentiated themselves in the cold climate of Europe. Now remember what I said with Diaz's theory, Dr. Diaz and we'll talk about that later I'm, I'm moving as quickly as I can because there's so much information Oh, well, dude, take, take your time, man, because this is a, a, you know, I would like to do a whole series. So uh, okay. take as much real, time real, as you need to, to go into depth about each one. You right, know? right, right. We'll, we'll, we'll do. But, but, but you know, it, it, uh, so Diop's theory, uh, the, the great uh, Diop, Sheikh Andy Diop, the Senegalese scholar, uh, the late uh, ancestor of, of ours, had laid the foundation in, uh, in terms of looking at science and, and incorporating the science in our data. You know, it's always been there, but now we, it, 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 we have to uh, put these and infuse these things in our programs, in our, in our educational programs, in the community. And one of the things that Diop was talking about in his two cradle theory is the southern and northern cradle of, uh, of civilization. The southern cradle being the Africans south of the equator and the Europeans in the northern cradle and what had happened in that cold climate in Europe and what had developed in the hot climate in Africa. 
two particular world paradigms um, or, or, or worldviews or mindsets were developed in these particular regions, vis-a-vis the, uh, the, uh, the sun, the uh, environment, the culture itself, the peoples fusing with the land, created two different systems of survival, if you will. And now we have, in the world we live today, two uh, collision course, and it has been for centuries, of these two world paradigms. So our program, The Elephant in the Room, looks at these two world paradigms, and then we start to examine racism at a different level, and we take you through particular periods of time where we see human behavior at critical points. Okay. All right. Um, so let's see. How how should we start this? Should we, you want to dwell more into Doctor Op's theory? Um, how 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 should we get our listeners? What should they learn first? That's what I want to know. I, I think um, in this in this aspect, uh, in terms of learning first, anything. I think. I mean, what we have always done is they need to pick up a book. Okay. I, I mean, real simplistically speaking, um, one of the things um, that I've noticed in the last 30 years is we don't look for information outside of that information that was given to us or that we had to do a particular test for or we had to go to a particular group or have a license for we didn't look for information pertaining to self, pertaining to our own history, and pertaining to who we are on the planet. We were very numb to that process. And this is not to say that many groups don't do this, but see, white folks don't have to do that, Ed, because the world around them is already permeated with their images, icons, and symbols. So they continuously have reinforcers where we don't. There's no counter school in terms of resonating energy in our community. African aesthetics, you know, and so forth. Language, literature, art, history. So we have those things that we need, but we need to bring them into the communities so we can start to think better. So we can start to think. Once you start to think, now behavior becomes something that you can control and understand proactively instead of reactively as we do now in the community. Because we cannot think. I know that sounds harsh. (laughs) But when I say think, thinking means correspondence, polarity, understanding the law, understanding the internal self. So we start to understand how we cooperate with each other and people on the planet. This is thinking. We don't have a thinking process in place. We've been duped. All right. Uh, What book would you recommend that we start reading first? Well, uh, a really, really good book that I I use for from students students at the really beginning level is a book by Carter G. Woodson called The Miseducation of the Negro. Fundamental at the beginning. Okay, Miseducation Carter. Of, it's called The Miseducation of the Negro. Carter G. Woodson wrote this book probably 50, 60, 70 years ago, uh, educator and scholar. But, but Woodson's book implies exactly that, the miseducation of Negro, as opposed to education. He used the term miseducation. What does that mean? That, that means we weren't educated in our own culture. We were educated in somebody else's culture. So in a sense, what Woodson's saying is we're being inculcated as someone else's reality. This is, is a tremendous thing. Now we have the dichotomy and the duality of inferior and superior based on knowledge, information, and the ability to bring that reality into terms. Make any sense, Ed? Yes, yes. Yeah, you, you, you see what I'm saying? So Woodson's book, Miseducation of Negro, is, is, is a fundamental book to start to look at. And from, from that point, we can go many different places in this because it's very much a vast thing. Because we've been here since the beginning of time, so we have epics out there 
epics and the old tradition in terms of academic literature is volumes of it. Dr. Clark, John Henry Clark, anytime you pick up a book by Dr. Clark, Dr. Ben, the great Cress Wilson, whose clinical book, The Isis Papers, taught us about melanin. She first started to talk about genetics in the community. She started to talk about population. She started to tell us to do research in our food that we eat, in our melanin systems that ignite our bodies as black people. You know, these are things that we have to have in place. So every time I do a workshop group or think tank, I always have a book list with me so people can do the research after so they can find what they need to find and so forth and so on. So reading is essential in being able to draw upon information and also talking to each other and having the formats in, in place in the community where we can deal with certain things and the old and the young to meet and talk about what we need to do next, economically, socioeconomically, and so forth and so on. So we can bridge those particular gaps. We don't have the formats anymore. Even the family has been dysfunctional in the last 20, 30 years, you know, prior vis-a-vis the technology. We don't have that communication system in place. We live in neighborhoods, but we live in communities. Community means to communicate, now we live in neighborhoods where everybody becomes an individual. We learned how to be individuals. See, by, right. We learned that Ed. individualism, in 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 our terms, is a collective whole. Everybody plays a part in the circle. Individualism. Everybody has a particular place where strengths and weaknesses are assessed. Where you can put a synthesis together. Where now you become strong. You got my back, Ed. That's what I'm talking about. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Those are the things that we're talking about in terms of uh, interjecting the African philosophy, you know, into play. Now we live in something completely different. See, we were matriarchal and patriarchal. We had a a mother sense about us. We We were baptized in that kind of energy since the beginning. We had to be. And so now we live in a very much patriarchal society. Again, once we do our research and we start talking in subsequent shows, I'll outline each thing individually. Now I'm just giving you an overview of what we're going to be doing on the program and what kind of energy we want coming in or coming out in terms of looking at very difficult subject matters that are going on today. For instance, Black Lives Matter, what's going on in Ferguson, the police killings, me and you are old enough to both know that that's a continuum of things. In other words, it ain't nothing new. Correct? That is correct. But, and I'll ask you a question. Why now? Why now? Is it the technology that has superimposed it on our minds? In other words, the difference between Ferguson or what's happening in New York, Cleveland, anywhere in the world, and the difference of what happened to Emmett Till or the lynchings in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, or even in the, in the century before that, countless things. So we must examine things in the totality of it so we can understand exactly what we're dealing with. So we're looking for justice and law, but justice and law are really people, aren't they, Ed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of that, uh, oh, Ferguson, the Baltimore, is uh, a lot of it is with technology. Um, I think that with the way uh, society is, if it's not in your backyard, you don't see it. Uh, right. You don't, you know, it doesn't affect you. But now, exactly right. now with the way so, 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 so basically, is, basically, this this desensitized process, and and this is and this alludes uh, again to uh, the absorption of 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 of, uh, of culture. How do we be? How do we become so desensitized? Well, where killings in high school are, are normalcy, and at the same time. The culture perpetuates itself externally outside of itself 
as being humane. In other words, judging humanitarian uh, processes around the world as if it's judge and jury. And at the same time, the ki- mass killings in its own streets. Well, yes. Well, yes. I think that, that, in my opinion, murder has become desensitized because it is glamorized. Uh, not only in movies, but in the media. If you go and you go to a school and you kill 13 people, for the rest of the time, those people will be 13 people. No name, no nothing. Where you will have a name uh, and the, the reason why there will be studies done about you, your family right, right. becomes famous, and then you have these people that that right. want their fifteen minutes of fame. All right, there's no there's no question, man. I, I won't argue that that uh, the grandiosity is a component of it in terms of being infamous. But in reality, uh, one of the things that when you're dealing with something that's pathological in the culture, I, I mean, totally pathological. Once we start to examine culture and look at look at these things, we would see a pathology that exists in the culture that really is a very hard thing to look at and understand. Uh, but for instance, one would say, and, and, and I, we always do this in the social service world, and, and I always use this analogy. Um, we're sitting in a room. We're talking about the homeless man Joe, and and and, and inevitably. It, it becomes Joe's fault in the choices that Joe made and the things that Joe did for him to become homeless. In other words, it was Joe's choice. But we didn't look at the 2.7 million, if not numerous millions around the world that are Joe, that are homeless, or in that same predicament, that the, this becomes pathological. But we look at the micro world and not the macro world. This is a see because we live in this as again this European society again we'll go back to our original lesson this European left brain society that segregates things and information so each component piece in, in and of itself is looked at as a separate entity where me and you in our right minds will be right brained about it and take these component pieces and put them into a whole. Now we're dealing with holistic totality. We're looking at the whole picture now, Ed. Now we can analyze it in this wholeness. Now we can deal with what we perceive to be the problematic between these two bipolar opposites. Now we see the complementary nature in it. This is thinking, brother. This is thinking. This is thinking. Not only with the mind, this is thinking with the spirit. This is what we had to do to come to this particular point where we are now so we have to be able to reinvest in ourselves to that degree to be able to think and see these education and see these processes which our kids are acclimated into before they reach a particular age where the reward system come into play and um and so forth i say rewards because we're rewarded for being stupid <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, let me, we're going to kind of jump a little bit because this happened in the in the news uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, it kind of flows with, with what we're talking about now, uh, with the Raven-Simone uh, comments on The View. Um, for those that don't know, The View did, they were talking about a study that was saying how uh, your name uh, has a lot to do in some instances on whether or not you're even looked at for a job. Um, well, and Raven wow. Raven Simone went on record to say that she would not hire someone with a quote unquote black name like okay. Watermelon Nola. Um, okay. Understand? What? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she called well, well, a lot well, quickly, of flack for quickly, a bit. Um, but but um, what, what's your opinion uh, on that? What I gather from, I mean, Raven Simone's comments 
are are indicative of a a collective unconsciousness in our community and many communities. In other words, what she's saying about names or whatever, uh, whether the name be, uh, and I was talking to a person, uh, a good friend of mine about this a couple days ago, Shanene, Shaniqua, these so-called, what we call ghetto names. You know, see these verbs and this language and all these things come from the past. We have no idea about linguistics and language and how those things work in, in terms of our rhythm. In other words, uh, Ebonics and all those kind of uh, processes, those are legitimate outgrowths out, out of our continuum. We, we fashion those things so we can function in a dysfunctional culture. So we speak a particular way, and we have a particular vibrational frequency that we have. And Raven Simone, <laughs> wow, Raven Simone, <laughs> I'll say it again, Raven, Raven Simone, uh, with, with all due respect, doesn't really have the information to make that, but she had the judgment to say that she won't hire folks if they have that particular name. So now we're looking at the concept of black self-hatred. Self-hatred comes in many different ways. When we don't know ourselves, we start to hate aspects of ourselves. This is projection, Ed. This is projected from European culture and now we become part of that projection. So who's behind the film and who's behind the projector? Who's shooting the projection? And so this projection is what is reflected by her, her comments. She does not have enough information to really go deeply into it. So these are frivolous comments, but they hurt us because we're frivolous. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that even though they are frivolous, uh, you know, but doesn't isn't she saying what a lot of people are thinking, though? Exactly. Exactly. That's what I said. That, that, that's, what, that's why I said a mountain of these little frivolous things and all these things, of course they hurt us. This is part of that projection. And that's why it's good for us to have dialogue when we can talk about that so-called incident or any of them and say to ourselves, now let's examine them critically with our African eye, who we are. Let's get our lens on this and interject our history, our culture, and our thought process in it, re-examine it, and, and see what she's saying. See, sure. now we introduce the science of linguistics. See, this is a continuum. Linguistics uh, uh, go back to the beginning of time. Now we look at sounds, we look at verbs, vowels related to African people, and we see Shanene, we may see in Nigeria, in Ghana, and all these sounds and verbs that we think are manufactured here in the United States, in New Jersey, in the South, and whatever it may be from the hood. No, man, we've been around a long time. We just start to remember things sometimes and bring them back into new shape and form. You see what I'm saying? Definitely. I, yes, I, I that's, can definitely that, that's see what that. that's about. So our dialogue, we're able to look at that process a little better. So Raven is, is like many in the community. Matter of fact, she is the majority in the community. This is what we're dealing with because they don't know the components to put us together history, linguistics psychology the history of us this ties us together our linguistics ties us together how we speak how we communicate how we have ritual and ceremony in terms of our community process music as you do with, uh, when you have your music shows what you're doing is communicating it the way we've always communicated vis-a-vis music okay See, with, with the mother's heartbeat being the first cadence right Right at the primordial stage, at the embryonic stage, so we <laughs> kept our tempo. We kept our tempo through that way. See, and now we 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 need to regather our tempo and get the necessary information. We we can dispute and repudiate things like what Raven Simone is saying, not to attack her, right. but ideologically saying this is ridiculous, young lady, and here's why. Right, right, definitely. You, you see. We don't have people around to say that, but she's getting folks commenting on that. Many, many brothers and sisters from from uh, many different places and, and spaces 
are, 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 are speaking on, on those issues and so forth at a higher level and going intrinsically into that and those problems using their 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 their, their mind, you know. Right. Right. Now, um, real quick here, I want to take a quick break, and then uh, we're gonna come back. And I want to—I don't—I believe the movie was called Light Skin. It was a documentary on light versus dark skin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to dwell into that when we get back. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, sounds this, good. Yeah, this is Elephant in the Room on the Double E Podcast. Hey, this is your boy, Dominique Davis. Be sure to catch me every Wednesday on the Double E Podcast, NFL edition, to hear my picks as well as my personal take on the Denver Broncos each and every week. And I'm also going to be part of a brand new podcast called I Got Next. It's going to be every Sunday with avid gamers talking about what we do best. So be sure to check in every Wednesday and every Sunday to hear your favorite person on the Double E, Dominique Davis. All right, we are back on the elephant in the room. Uh, And like I said, before we left, uh, the documentary, I believe it was called Light Skin. Um, And they were some interesting facts that I got out of it was how... um, Back in the lynchings and and the you know the the thirties forties fifties that that people wanted to, and they were trying to to have uh, light skinned children to avoid okay. being lynched. Okay. They said the darker that's, the that's, darker that's a powerful that's a powerful thing, isn't it? It is, and the brown and, and um and, and let me let me comment on that very, very quickly, Ed and. And let's do a little uh, uh, little history piece on, on, on the light skin model, as you say. Uh, in the Aryan model, and, and I use that, I'm going back centuries and centuries. We must understand that the first caste system, first specific color-coded caste system, happened in the Indus Valley over a thousand years ago from the Brahma Aryan priest that basically created this caste system where African people and the darkest people represented the lower caste and the folks that were Aryanized or lighter or white were on the top of the caste. This caste system was so profound that it became theology and it was perpetrated in the land through the theology of the Brahma priests that had the god Brahma the god Brahma, head is white, body red, legs yellow, and feet black. So they delivered their god in a human form with each part of the body representing that caste. Other words, yourself and me, my friend, were the feet of the deity being God. You see... So we were at the lower caste, the sutra caste. So this is just giving you a quick, quick snippet of history as it relates to the color-coded system in which we live today. So we're centuries into this schism, and it has permeated the culture, and it is part of the global world in which we live today. You see, colonization destabilization and the continuum of this ancient system has spread around the world and it is affecting everything that we do now we're back to the elephant in the room so now the lighter the better the darker you know the deal so there's a schism between light and dark I can even go deeper and we'll speak about the subterranean caves in Europe and how the Europeans looked at the darkness and, uh, and uh, how we perceive light differently vis-a-vis our environment. You see what I'm saying? Okay. And these are primordial things at the cellular level in terms of human behavior that's developed at the early stages. You see? 
you know, matriarchal, patriarchal cultures, all those things are part of the resources of our minds that we develop. We adapt to the world in which we live. In other words, if me and you had been born in the Europe, we wouldn't be who we are now. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Would you need to be like you, like you, would you need to have that coat of melon? Would you need to be that color if you didn't have the sun to deal with? If you did, if the sun wasn't there, Ed? Yeah, okay, see, I understand what you're saying. You see, and, and, and that goes back to your original question. I'm just using, now I'm just looking at history now. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the beginning and, and that schism of light and dark that you talked about. In other words, you talked about the documentary between light skin and dark skin. And right. I'm telling you the mindset and the philosophy in which this came in our contemporary time. Now we're moving hundreds of years now. And now we look at that schism, and we see the origin of that schism. Now we can have a serious conversation about that schism beyond what our circumstances right here in the year 2015 or whatever it may be. The brown paper bag test that fraternities and sororities use. You see, the same test that we use. See, see, the elephant in the room is so deep that... The schism of light skin and dark skin goes back to the symbolism of Jesus, Ed. Huh. See, okay, elab- yes, elaborate on that. Even Jesus, even Jesus, Ed, with the white skin and blue eyes, was a symbolism of European power. And so every black home had a white Jesus, along with your picture of Martin Luther King and Kennedy, but that's my day. We'll speak on that later. Yeah. So, with the symbolism became the reflection of beauty and power. The same way the Brahma priest did it in the Indus Valley is the same way we do it in our homes. And we've done it in our homes. See, the hero becomes white. Purity becomes white. Even the word connotations that Dr. Wilson refers to, like when you're behind the eight ball, the eight ball is a dark ball, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the horror, Fear becomes the darkness. So let's get out of the darkness, Ed, and go into the light. Oh, you see? okay. Now, you see the subconscious? Did you see? You see the subliminal, symbolic process of cause and effect. What we're dealing with. So these are things are saturated in our mindsets. So racism is something that we cannot eradicate unless we go at the cellular level to understand the relationship between it and power. All right. Uh, now, oh, I know that's crazy, man. No. All that shit for you just asking a simple question about light skin and dark skin. <laughs> it has to be spelt about now, so we can understand it. Now, how would we, or, or what, is there a solution? That's what I want to mm-hmm. know. Where where do we go to 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 find the solution to this, or what would be your solution to this? Well, we're separate things. We're things that, that, that um, we 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 always talked about in class. You cannot teach self knowledge, but you can lay out the blueprint. In other words, self knowledge comes from one's introspective. In other words, that's what's inside of you. I can simply, or our or teachers can simply lay the blueprint for it. Then it becomes on you. See, the solution lies in each individual. This is what makes it so difficult, Ed. So could you see this collective malaise of us absorbing this foreign culture and thinking much like it? So what do we do now when these two paradigms are in, are in collision and to define humanity? again you know so the solution lies in the truth the solution says we must tell the truth and we must draw the line and it's always been that way see the difference between good and i mean this this is a good question this is the question i'll ask you and i'll revert it back around because it's going to answer your question what's the difference between good and evil ed uh in my opinion right Difficult uh, question. What's the difference? Dude, you know what? It's I don't know, honestly. Because well let me explain why I don't know. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because my my form of thinking 
is mm-hmm. that I am not God, okay? So I don't want to play God. I don't want, I am going to do what I feel is right. Uh, hey, Ed, yes. what, if, what if you just answered your, your question? What if you telling me that you didn't know actually explains to me that you do know? Other words, the difference between good and evil is thought. Okay. Uh, I know it sounds simplistic. Oh, what the hell? You're waiting for something very profound. Thought, Ed, is the difference. How we think. Other words, you make you made a decision. Other words, what is right and wrong based on the data or the applications from from culture that you you, you downloaded. So you make a decision based on thought. You see. But what if people can't think and don't make those decisions because their applications are, are horrific well, see, and they can't process those applications? This, this was That's what, what we're talking about, bro. This was one of the things that I always tell people, okay? If, if an old person dies, people go, oh, it was their time, God was calling them home, you know? Uh... But if a young person is shot and killed, how do you know it was it wasn't their time, and that God wanted that if God was calling them home and He wanted them to go by this guy placing a gun in his hand saying shoot him, you know maybe he's doing the work of the Lord. I don't know that. Okay, so all I'm right. gonna do is abide by the country that I'm in, the United States. Abide by the laws. Certainly. Be an upstanding uh, citizen and right. and you know, try to try to do what I feel like my God tells me to you know, to to do. Uh, hey. so that's why I'm saying I don't know the good between you know, I don't know what's good, what's evil. I don't want to be that person. I don't want exactly. that, that, that. that hey, 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 Ed, so in a sense in a sense, if you become your own judge and jury based on the information of what, right, what you perceive to be right and wrong or resetting your so-called own reality like that, it's based on thought process and your thought. So well, yeah. this is not, uh, and, the thing, and the thing about this, this is simply the law, you know, and I'm not talking about the law downtown or the law of D.C., the law in England or whatever it may be. I'm talking about the y'all, talking about the universe in and of itself. So... Thought is a powerful thing. It is actually the first axiom of uh, ancient philosophy. The universe is mental. See? So, yes. So, right. understanding some of these uh, axioms and principles as we look at what we perceive to be problematics, we'll, we'll start to understand the, the subtleties in them that make them less of a problem than we think they are. And we know the answer to many things because the answer is always in the question. See? You know, and ultimately, in subsequent shows, when people, when we get opportunity where people will call in, then we can move into different levels and we can specify certain aspects of this dilemma that we're in now. And, and I can frame things in, 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 in the proper language that we need to know so we can look at the picture a, a little bit more vividly through our, our, our African mindset. Okay. Now... I want to get this in on the first episode because we only got about 12 more minutes, 12, 15 more minutes. Jim Jim Brown has a program called A Mayor I Can, okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, where uh, he's reaching out to these gang members, uh, helping them find jobs, get out of the gangs and everything. One of the things Jim Brown said was that no black person in America has uh, achieved or made change without the help of a white person, okay? So that it takes all races, basically, to come together to create change. Uh, He pointed out Jackie Robinson Uh broke the color barrier and took Uh a white uh, owner to hiring. Uh, during the civil rights and the marches, we didn't march alone. There was whites with us. Uh, so with that, using that type of philosophy, can we promote a change that way? 
Uh, 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 you know, uh, it, wow, that, that that's a that's a really deep uh, concept because we often ask ourselves that when we march hand in hand with other folks and, and whatnot because we have such a schism. If we, we we're autonomous, in other words, if things become too black, we get a, we we get nervous. We 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 really do. But really, what this is about Ed, is is the human species in and of itself. But first, what happens is. You must take care of yourself and your own family, your own backyard. Then you deal with healing of other folk. That's where our schism comes in when we look at multiculturalism, diversity, and other things. Individually speaking, people are people, but it's the collective process that becomes pathological. You, you see what I'm saying? White supremacy, when, when I talk to groups and, and white folks in the audience, they have no idea what white supremacy is. They may deal with white privilege and other processes, but they don't even know what it is. The common white folks, they're like, whoa, this cat's telling me about white supremacy and black, what the hell? You know, but right. two different mindsets come to play. They haven't been taught to think that. The world that they live in is normal. So is yours. Even though it's abnormal, you think it's normal, right. correct? Right, right, so, right. So the thing with that is, Jim Brown's statement is, change cannot be made without white people. Right. Exactly. And, and what, he, what that really says is it's about power. Who has power? I say the Jim Brown statement is true and false because change can be made without white folks, so to speak, because the change that needs to be made is our mindsets inside of us. And no white folk can change that because once the mindset changes, then we have the manifestation of behavior and brick and mortar things we start to build and create then so jim brown's statement is half truth like many things in the world you know okay. he professes to their power because on this level they're able to make change see a simple phone call from a powerful white man has a project in order in other words you got people coming to that project site don't you ed yes See, this is what Jim Brown speaks of. That's a truism, brother. That's a reality. But the reality for me and you is to look even further as that relates to that change inside the mindset. In other words, how do I change a four-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old to respect himself and respect the women around him and respect his community and respect humanity and be the proprietor and the maintenance keeper of humanity? Those changes are internal. Now, again, we look for external components for change. No internal, my friend, is where we find our divinity. Huh. Okay. You see, so, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Very quickly. Very quickly. So now, that question on Jim Brown, you see how we went 360 degrees with it? Yes. See, yeah. I'm not disputing so, Jim yeah. Brown's reality. I'm not attacking Jim Brown. Damn it, Jim. It wasn't like that. Jim Brown, that was real. How, but what is real? How do we change the mindset that um, that the black male has that he has to be tough at all times? You well, know? Do you know well, what I mean? And, and, and I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't call... That, that, that toughness, I, I call it internal toughness among ourselves. If we were tough, the, the, it'd be something else. We'd be outside of the community in which we're quarantined, and this battle would be on, my brother. <laughs> you know? You, if but you I'm understand just, what I mean. Yeah. That toughness that you perceive, that machismo, that machismo comes inside of us because powerless people seek power. Okay. See, it's our reactionary process that becomes into play. Black men are reactionary. So that reactionary process or energy is reverted back on us. So you start to hate what looks like you. See, you don't know the enemy. You haven't identified the enemy. You don't know why you don't have a job. You don't know why you have to pay child support a 17-year-old with four kids. You see... Yeah. All those things come in. So black men, in a sense, remain at the boys' state for decades upon decade upon decade. This what happens 
And this is the essence of black-on-black violence. Amos Wilson, and I paraphrase him, he uses the term, the oppressed react violently to their oppression. Hear, Hear me now. The oppressed react violently to their oppression. Now we have a reactionary, retaliatory energy in the community, and we attack each other vis-a-vis our self-hatred and our inability to take care of our families and frame the enemy and support ourselves. We're being controlled. Frankenstein, automatic, dig. You see, anytime a man is controlled to that degree, brother, we're not in our natural states. I know that's a lot. (laughs) <laughs> but I hope that answered your question. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, man. I know that a lot. But you see, the state of our, 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 we have to define ourselves in that. See, we were synthesized. We, we, became, we become synthesized with that, uh, with that European reality. And it's really difficult for us to measure ourselves in the material world in which they set in front of us. You see, do you become a nickel and dime Negro because that's what you got in your pocket? Or are you a million dollar wide receiver? Huh. You see, they're both in the same quarantine reality, but one to a different degree has material wealth, so we perceive that one to be successful or progressive because our measuring systems aren't ours. We measure things differently now. So we don't deal with spirit, soul, and processes that take the human uh, species beyond the, the period of matter, and we deal with our immortality. See, we've, now we've become so finite in our thinking. Okay. All right. So now we're almost out of time. Man, can you believe it's been almost an hour? Cool. I, I, that went by so freaking fast. Uh, hey, man, no question. Yeah, yeah, it really did. What right. I like to do is, um, like, we get a topic, let's discuss a topic, and let's uh, discuss some uh, solutions for each topic. You see wow. what I'm saying? Uh, how's that sound for, like, next week we pick a topic, go in-depth with just one topic, try not to get off the topic, uh, let you talk about it in depth and then like the last 15 minutes or so we try to talk about a solution or or what we need to do uh, to stop thinking that way to reprogram okay. to reprogram the mind to uh, start thinking in a in a more positive and more creative manner Right, and, and, and no, no problem with that. I mean, we can break down each uh, isolated thing and, and stay of course with that. But um, uh, interesting thing, in terms of, like I said, of the solution. Okay. Hey, can you speak up, son? We're losing you. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Okay. I said right. in terms of um, uh, you know, looking at the solutions and dealing with those specific topics. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a that's that's cool. We can we can certainly uh, do that, brother, and um, and look at uh, uh, different ways to uh, uh, and different dynamics, so we can see the whole spectrum. Yeah, yeah. yeah once we see the whole, if we see the whole spectrum, then we can basically see where you, as you say, use the term solution. We can basically harmonize it. I'm, I'm, we we need to harmonize uh, things more than the solution. Uh, as you, uh, uh, right. solutions are very come hard to come by, but we can harmonize and complement certain things. And if we understand the nature of things, so when you when you bring these problems next week and we talk about those things, we'll analyze the nature of it. And then then once we understand the nature of it, then we can look at it and try to put it in harmony, in conjunction with ourselves, in correspondence with ourselves, and so forth and so on. So I look forward to it. Okay. All right. Well, I will stop saying solution, and we will start using the word harmony. Okay. Right. Uh, uh, and maybe that's probably been one of the problems. Right. Is that people, right. there may not be a, a clear-cut solution, you know? Right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and that then, comes from that mindset, as I said. So now we want to harmonize those things. So before I leave, we always use this for our groups. When you go into the shower head, you're looking for 
uh, a harmonization uh, in terms of hot and cold water. Correct. You're trying correct. to you're trying to put this thing in a, in a temperature that's really right for you. Correct. Correct. So what you're doing is water is water, but you're dealing with two dualities of water: one hot and one cold. cold. Right. Once you harmonize it, now Ed is in warm water and he's he's in his groove now. Now you can put your Marvin Gaye on and you can do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh yeah. You know, yeah. you see that that's harmonizing. So so to so now we understand the degree in which the hot and cold. See, water is water, but it's to the degree that we analyze these things. Okay. It's to the degree we look we look for the complementary nature of which you perceive to be two opposing opposites, but really they're the same. Right. I know that sounds crazy. You know, no, no, you know, it's, it's, it makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Thank to understand you. good, you must you must be an expert on evil, baby. To understand evil, you damn sure know about good. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's your thought that separates them by the degree. Like me and you turning the knob on the radio station to find that right frequency in which we have vivid clearness. Right. right. That's all. So when we move forward, any 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 of the any of the contemporary things that are happening, we can discuss that particular thing, but now we can bring to bear universal laws and we can see things a little clearly by seeing the nature of things and, and seeing the complementary nature, even though they may be chaotic we can clarify those things you know what I mean by using the tools that are necessary yeah 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 that makes all the sense in the world man well man it's been a pleasure having you on uh, I, I love it I cannot wait to hear um, what you have in store for us next um, yep. and then like I said um Dude, I mean, I have no problem putting this back on or having you back on. We're going to have some fun with this. We're going to hopefully educate a lot of people. That's uh, all, man. It was, you know, we're trying to get people to think a little bit and ask the questions. I, I, we need we need an action and reaction and proaction. Get mad, happy, sad, but participate. Right. You know, participate in thinking because it changes everything. Because, see, once, the, once that happens, see... Consciousness is, if one conscious person it resonates for miles. Okay. You see? In other words, why do you think they tried to stop Jesus in his tracks? Because he was conscious. Alright. He was conscious. He knew about something called love, and things that operated on love operated on a high frequency, able to tune into self. You dig? So things that operate on low frequencies are were different. They were the opposite of him, weren't they? You see? Yeah. And that was a powerful force in and of itself. Now, whatever that force may be, one is to operate on that low frequency. Operating on low frequency. So if love is on high frequency, what do you think is on low frequency, Ed? Hey, it's got to be. Exactly, brother. And I'll end with that. <laughs> oh, hey, tune in next week to the uh, elephant in the room. This was uh, Howard, the I almost want to call you the host. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but tune in next week to listen to Howard and more uh, elephant in, in the room. I will be the co-host. Uh, every week hopefully and uh, if you have any questions, any comments whatsoever, send them to double E D-O-U-B-L-E E 785 at gmail.com hit me up on Twitter at double E podcast hit me up on SoundCloud uh, drop a line if there's anything that you want to hear more of if you want to be a guest uh, if you don't agree with him, 
and you just uh, want to have your 15 minutes to rebuke what he's saying, uh, definitely hook us up. We'd love to have you on with us. Um, and on behalf of Howard and myself, we want to say thank you for listening. <laughs>